Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters! Ghostbusters. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you! Now, part two of two of a two-part episode about the 1984 classic Ghostbusters. Where we last left off, we were discussing the Sedgwick Hotel sequence. And Rip, since we talked about the Sedgwick Hotel, and we're at the midpoint of this episode, I want to talk about... <laughs> hour and a half in, we're at the midpoint. Um, I want to talk about <laughs> the music of this movie. And also, I want to talk about kind of the history of the music, as well as some of the remixes of the Ghostbusters theme. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. Which there's quite a few, but I picked my favorites. Um, actually, I didn't pick all my favorites because how could you? Actually, I probably will play that. So, of course, the theme is by Ray Parker Jr. Um, it's a very famous. I personally do not like the Ghostbusters theme. It's not a good song. <laughs> but it's... It's great. <laughs> like, it's bad. It's so bad. It it so perfectly encapsulates so much about the 80s, where things that are bad are good. And and <laughs> cheesiness and one-hit wonderness. And the video. Oh, the video. The uh, video's the video's good. I, I enjoy watching uh, Ray Parker and the Ghostbusters, excuse me, Ray Parker Jr. and the Ghostbusters. Going through Times Square, doing a little dance, very it's, good. Yeah, it's and it's and it's just it's such and the, a, a the, the celebrity cameos. <laughs> I mean, Chevy Chase, uh, um, John Candy, fucking uh, a bunch of people that probably should have been in the movie. Honestly, uh, uh, John Candy, I will bring up later in the later, and I have some I have some things about John Candy later on to talk about. It sounds like you have dirt on John Candy, <laughs> which like this, I I'd rather not hear. Yeah, it's great. Um, um, I'm sorry, I'm not done going on about the song because yeah. it's also just like so ingrained, like it, like it is recognizable down to the very fucking core. Like, uh, it's it's unavoidable. the The song is inevitable. It uh, uh <clears throat> it's a song that Ray Parker Jr. will will refuses to play in person. Uh, uh, despite getting booked for many county fairs. Um, What's and, funny about the song is that he never says Ghostbusters. He does never. He he does never say Ghostbusters. He says Buster makes him feel good. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's... <sighs> it's a number one song. You can never take that away from him. Yeah. Uh, and... It's all that it, it could have been, you know? Like, we could have had that other, more bland-ass Ghostbusters song that was in that that weird featurette for, like, movie distributors. 
Oh, we're going to listen to it. Don't worry. Coming up on the Ghostbusters. We'll, well, we're, yeah, we're going to listen to it after we talk about, finish fucking talking about Ray Parker Jr. Bootleg ass fucking, uh, damn, no, who am I thinking? Like, fucking, uh, uh, who, who does Footloose? What's it? Who does Footloose? Kenny Loggins. Bootleg ass Kenny Loggins. Like it Kenny sounds Loggins more like it. It sounds like a more bootleg Huey Lewis in the news to me, which I'm going to bring up in yeah, a minute. Yeah, that too. All right, so um, here's the core. It's just, uh, so I also want to bring up the fact that, like, if you grew up anywhere near an auto nation authorized car dealer, if in my mm-hmm. case it was Maroonie, Maroonie Toyota, Maroonie Honda, they, they took the, when you need a car, truck or van, who you going to call? And in my local case, Maroney. It's it's is, just it's it's that's horrible. It is. Have you never heard that before? No. Oh, buddy. Um, yeah, I'm sorry that you never grew up near an AutoNation dealer, uh, but they just would plug in the different name for whatever the dealership was, uh, and that's what the song would be. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I think that happened across the nation. <laughs> so bad. But I, I want to talk about, uh, just because I want to talk about it, because I love Huey Lewis the News so much, the lawsuit in which Huey Lewis the News sued, or I, I'm assuming it was just Huey Lewis. I don't know if the news was involved, but uh, sued Ray Parker because of how similar they sound, which have we had, the, we've had this talk before about you didn't know, did you not, could not figure out why they sound similar? I... Um, I've never heard this before. Okay, you never heard about the lawsuit before? No, I didn't know you could sue somebody for sounding similar. Dude, you'll we're gonna listen to these back to back, and you'll be like, oh yeah. But they settled out of court, and um, neither one of them can talk about the lawsuit. And if anybody talks about this uh, publicly, they have to pay ten thousand dollars to the other person. I Why found are this they out. Not be- publicly trying to get the like to bait the other into talking about this. Yeah, it's Why is crazy. This not a fucking like hidden camera game show. <laughs> the two thousand dollar lawsuit. That's the name of the show. Yeah. Um, but fuck, like, this is a fuck you. This is a really good idea. Uh, let's do it. Let's what, let's set what up. What are a they doing? Writer. You know they could like like Huey Lewis is probably fine. You know Ray Parker could fucking use it. Huey Lewis is out there fly fishing somewhere because apparently he's a big fly fisherman. I see. It. Um. Yeah, but on the on the podcast, uh, you be talking Huey to me, hosted by Adam Scott Ackerman. <laughs> they had Huey Lewis and Jimmy Kimmel on, and Jimmy Kimmel said like, "Yeah, Huey can't talk about it because he has to pay ten thousand dollars anytime it's brought up, like anytime he talks about it." Oh, so everybody but Huey Lewis on the podcast talked about it. It was very funny. Excellent. So we're gonna listen to the opening of the Ghostbusters theme. Can you hear this? Okay. I don't know if it's too loud or not. No, when you say sound, I'm assuming you mean like the sound of their voice. Listen to this. Okay. Yeah, we know but, what they say. But you're actually talking about the, the composition of the music. All right. Now, here's I Want a New Drug. I hear it. 
Nah, get out of town. It's One the goes dum 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 da da dum dum, and the other goes. It's the at the end, but like it's the dum 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 dum. It's that part. I would have thrown that case out. Well, obviously they did because they set it out of court. That's not what happens when the case gets thrown out. Whatever. Bring it to my courtroom, and and it is it is dismissed. Anyway, go back to go back to Ghostbusters. All right, I rewind it to the to like I think it was like the nine second part. I want a new drug. <laughs> uh, when the want made me sick. When the want made me crash my car. I made me feel three feet thick. I, I mean, come on, dude. Uh, That's it, man. I'm I telling you. New job. All right, uh, and we go back to this one. I I don't. If there's something strange in the neighborhood, you come on, man. Do that. Girl talk this does this to fucking every other song there is. Like, there's a I've I, like it's it's a fucking closer resemblance between that Sam Smith song and Tom, that Tom Petty song than than there is to this. Oh, that reminds me. Speaking of uh, closer, here's a remix of. Closer by Nine Inch Nails over Ghostbusters. Now this, this is, is re- what we're talking about right here. This is a remix I love. If it'll play. Oh, I gotta reload it. Hold up. YouTube being a shithead. YouTube being a you boob. I love these remixes so much. You can look these up. We'll probably link these in the episode description, everybody. So you can just click on that and listen to it there. Oh, it's so good. Oh, man. It just fucking rips, dude. God damn. Oh, it's so good. Which is... is this song was actually inspired by the dream that Ray Stance had, uh, and in real life, Dan Aykroyd had, where a uh, ghost uh, blew him like an animal. Oh, man. Have you heard... I wanted to blow... Anyway, <laughs> we call that a GJ. Um, have you heard Thunderbusters? No. This one's pretty cool. We're so nerdy. This is so cool, man. <laughs> Yes. Not that the, oh, we like this or we think this is good. Okay. Okay. I feel like we're just kind of doing whatever we want at this point. Yeah. Okay. That's where it gets good. Okay, that works. Yeah. Because when it was just like that intro, yeah. it was like, fucking find me the, the highest tempo Buffett song. We can do the same thing. You know? Yeah. Fucking give me just the instrumental. Can you give me the instrumental for Ghostbusters real quick? Oh, man. 
Do you want the instrumental? Yeah, give me the well, instrumental. Oh, I gotta look it up. <laughs> I think it is on YouTube. It is on there. Yeah. Instrumental remix. That's what everybody always has. All right, here's the instrumental. Yeah. Anyone could do this. Watch. Mummies and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> These are the things that terrify me the most. No aliens. All right, stop. I want to stop real quick. <laughs> Is that Jimmy Buffett's soul uh, Halloween song that oh, we can yeah. think of? Yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. That if that uh, if that's if that song's not on your Halloween playlist, I'm not going to your party. There, there he does have another song um, that takes place during Halloween. Uh, I think it's like Halloween in Tampico. I, I forget the name of it or whatever, but there is another one. Yeah. But that's like, that's the one you're going to want to play. And you're the second person in a month to tell me that I need to put that on a Halloween playlist. It's, it's a good one. All right, here is uh, Intergalactic Beastie Boys. Oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> hmm. The intro for this song is good. Oh, it's very good. If only this were a video podcast, everybody would be seeing Rip having a seizure. Just fucking hit record real quick, man. Fucking Luba Numoing over here. You are. Uh, that's so good. And stop recording. Oh, this rules. In uh, the same way that. Um, it's not intergalactic, it's fucking uh, uh, Sabotage. It's on the Rip Roaring Rocket at Universal Studios that goes through the old uh, 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 firehouse uh, yeah. at Universal. That uh, and Daft Punk are my two, were my two go-to uh, songs. What was it? Uh, yeah, heart, uh, Better, Faster, Stronger. You know, that song. Yeah. Uh, uh, the now defunct Daft Punk. Hey! Um... And then sabotage is my my main go-to. What was uh? All right, I gotta look it up since this is my favorite remix. Is it on there? Yep, it's got twelve million views. This is so good. Here we go with Ghostbusters. This is a uh, busting. It's got twelve million views on YouTube. Like, this is a legit remix. Like, the other two is just like, we're just going to slam two songs together. Yes. If there's something strange, sleeping in your bed. Although the video keeps showing Ray getting a blowjob from a ghost. <laughs> Feel 
All right, that's it. Um, <laughs> Enough of that shit. How? It's not shit. I enjoy it. I want. What's up? Uh, I want to send you, uh, or you could just look up, just Ghostbusters ska theme. Oh no. Oh yes. Uh ska cover. Yeah. Party like it's. No, it's just uh, uh, just Ghostbusters ska theme. Eleven years ago, uploaded by Redneck ninety two. That's the one. <laughs> oh no! Oh yeah! This song is in a Tony Hawk Pro Skater game, right? <laughs> this is in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Yeah, this is in... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, the horns... It, play, it plays to its strengths. You know. Always a lot of fun call and response. I like the horns. The horns is the very horns, good. It just... Yeah. Like, that was worth doing the cover alone. I would love to hear, well, they're most of them are dead now, but the Go- the Blues Brothers band performing Ghostbusters. Oh, man. Yeah. That That's another good. movie we could easily cover. Um, specifically, the character and person in real life, Donald Duck Dunn, who has the great line, if the shit fits, wear it, and then immediately says, move over, goddammit. Uh, anyway. <laughs> All right, we've been building up to this. This is the unused theme. I wanted to cover this because I, f- re- I found this out, found out about this like a year ago. Or it's not even a year ago. It was like during the pandemic, there was the Show West re- reel that came out, which has some great jokes, including Dan Aykroyd, so there's no there's no cursing in this. If you can fucking believe it. Anyway, great joke. But it has a a Ghostbusters theme that I never heard before in the background. And this is that theme. Um I want to give a shout out. This is on the Spook Central blog website by Paul Rudolph. I hope I'm saying that right. It's spelled like R U D O F F E S Rudolph. Anyway, runs this blog and it's got like a bunch of cool Stuff I have never seen before, so I definitely we're gonna I'm gonna put a link to this website in the description of the episode. But is this our Buffett news? It pretty much is. It's got so much cool shit on here, and like it's got a weird URL, but like it's got some great, great stuff on here. Like if I saw that URL, I'm like, this is a Ghostbusters site. Anyway, I don't know that I should click this. Yeah, but it's called. It's like a. It's great. Anyway, here is the. I, I fast forward a little bit because I wanted to go. I wanted to get to the lyrics. These. Oh, yeah. This is the. This is the unused Ghostbusters theme featured in the show West Real. It's a call. Which this sounds weird. A very different feel from the theme we know and love. Yeah. 
are you supposed to be? Some kind of a cosmonaut? All right. That is a completely different... That is a Ghostbusters movie where, like, it's still in the 80s, but the Ghostbusters are... It's That's John Hughes' Ghostbusters. Yeah, okay. Like, the, the 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 kids drop out of school. They drop out of high school to go bus ghosts. The, the, yeah, this is the theme for a Ghostbusters movie that has a lot more shenanigans. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like they're peeking through the containment unit to see naked ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna delete that because we're putting that into our Ghostbusters script. Uh, <laughs> We're gonna Our write the horny port- Ghostbusters skip. We're gonna—I mean, come on, we had a Ghost BJ, uh, so why not have more scandalous stuff in this yeah. one? But I'm gonna tell you this, Rip. I have had this song stuck in my head for six months. <laughs> I mean, it was a revelation when when I think it may have been Stand the Dry Bear, possibly on Twitter, like linked me to that. Uh, it was a revelation and like we all like collectively like freaked out like we need more because like we just saw the clip at first and the the song was in there but it wasn't like really featured it was just like in the background and we're like yeah the fuck is that song i'm trying what to is- think who where I, I think scott wampler may have retweeted on twitter that's how i saw host of the king cast mm. but yeah i just been going around my house going front line anytime ticket right to the, the ghostbusters. ghostbusters cool heads under fire Never mess with the Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. But yeah, I just been going around singing that, and like, is it is it is constant. It is yeah. always playing in my head. Yeah. And I, I like. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like it more than the Ray Parker one, to be honest with you. I mean, it's it's hard. I think it's hard for you to to say that definitively because yeah. you've had a full lifetime with the one. Whereas the others is still new, you know? It's still the, the new girl in town. Yeah. Oh, man, it's so good. But yeah, that's uh, some of the songs. Remixes of the theme and an unused theme from the first movie. And of course, we'll probably talk more about the music. The the bigger soundtrack for the bigger Ghostbusters movie, Ghostbusters 2, yeah. um, which our episode for that is going to come out. We're releasing these um, in concurrent with how the movies release. So the next episode is going to come out in five years. <laughs> so look forward to that. Anyway, um, we are now at the montage in the film. Yes. Which, this is an A-plus montage. Like, yeah. even, even with a shot of Larry King, may he rest in peace, reading oh. directly from his script. It's so good. It's so fucking good. I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring it up again. The extras in this movie, specifically the guy with the long beard and the full denim outfit, who's just checking himself, who's like grooming himself. He's like, "Heck, my grandma, you know, talking about a spectral locomotive that rocked her through a, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> while that guy's talking." Yeah, well, and then yeah, homie in the background is just kind of like, "All right, man, here's let me check my beard, man. All right." Which like, did they have a mirror man. set up? Do they have a mirror set yeah, up? <laughs> or like a monitor or something like that. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, that part is, yeah. I love that montage. You get the, you get uh, uh, Larry King, Casey Kasem. Oh, so, shit. Yeah. I was going to play that. I wanted to play this clip. Have you listened to the Casey Kasem clip of him uh, cussing up a storm? Uh, no. Well, guess what, friend? We're about to listen to that. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> 
because we have access to YouTube. Well, the uh, is, I have a new setup, everybody, in which we can play clips. Obviously, we didn't it, have this setup in the last podcast. Is it while he's doing the voice of Shaggy or doing no, the it's, voice of it's, Robin? No, or it's straight it up for during top forty. It's during top forty. Um, <laughs> Yo, let's fucking go. Um, who's his name? Casey. Fuck. Casey. Casey Kasem. I'm using my laptop, which um, the laptop keyboard is different than the iMac keyboard, so I am fucking up my typing left and right on this little bitty ass well, keyboard. I'm sure on your keyboard, you've typed out a letter to your loved one. Casey Kasem, um, I said outtake, cussing. I'm just going to type in cussing. <laughs> oh, man, he is. Take him to Cussing Island. All right, here it is. Is this it? Oh, wait. Hold up. I got it. I turned on the mixer. Sorry, everybody. Technical difficulties. And this Sunday afternoon at 1, right here on the radio station you grew up with. Music Radio 138. Oh, fuck. What the hell's going on here? He's well, isn't it the last hour? We got another hour to do? I thought we were almost finished. Good golly, Miss Molly. <laughs> fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous. Fucking ponderous. Hi, this is Casey Kasem. American Top 40 has moved to a new time. I hope you'll join me this Saturday morning and every Saturday morning at 2. 2. Now, we're up to our long-distance dedication. And this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand, whether we have kids or pets or neither. It's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio, and here's what he writes. Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of... Let's come start again. From coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? Please. <clears throat> See, when you come out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions. And then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but goddamn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Is that I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record. I do a goddamn death dedication. Oh, we've got momentum now. now. Make it, and I also want to know what happened to the pictures I was supposed to see this week. Pictures? He's on a radio. Damn time. I want somebody who uses fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is, uh, that, that's up-tempo, and i got to talk about a fucking dog dying. <sighs> and, the, and the video says, you tell him, Casey. And then the Ghostbusters, they they battled a the poison gray battled a pesky poltergeist, and they stayed the down dance the night away. Now on with the countdown. God damn it! Why can't you don't bring me a Ghostbuster <laughs> spot after a low tempo? Uh, oh man! That just reminds me, and look it up later. Uh, we don't have time, <laughs> but look up uh, just Mean Gene Okerlund outtakes. Oh, I bet that's amazing. It's it is everything you'd expect it to be. Oh yes, we're not going to play that clip because it's not Ghostbusters related. It Casey Kasem was in Ghostbusters, yeah. so that's why we had to play that. God, oh my God! If me and Gene Okerlund were in fucking Ghostbusters, or, or there was just any wrestler in any Ghostbusters movie, I, as a child, I would have, I would have, it would have been fucking over for me. That's you it. You would have, ex- you would have exploded. I would have exploded. Uh... I would have combusted. So okay, this brings up a, this. The montage brings something up uh, time wise. 
I think I referenced this. I don't know if we were on mic when I was talking about this, but the timeline of this movie, um, in the earlier scene, Lewis is telling Dana about the party he's going to have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it's coming. It's going to be, you know, we have a party coming up. I'm assuming this montage last months. This is months. <laughs> is that what you thought before or what you think now? That's what I've always thought. The montage is like two weeks. Well, how, how the fuck are they suddenly on all these magazine covers in two weeks? I know. I understand. But like in the time that's alluded to when between like the Sedgwick Hotel, mm-hmm. which happens in close proximity to when Peter goes and goes and checks out Dana's apartment. Yeah. Um, to when Peter sees Dana next when she's leaving rehearsal, because once we hit that mark, it's just one, it's just continuous through to the next, like it, it, it is almost real time. Yeah. Through to the next day. But I, I, the, the climax. I kind of think it's funnier if it's long because that means Lewis has been playing in this party for months and months. <laughs> and that's what makes it funny to me. It's very possible that that that's is the in case. Ca- that's in character. Like he has one yes. party once a year and he wants everybody to know he's going to have a party. But and that's why he invites all of his clients instead of uh, friends because here, it's a tax write off. So, and it also, again, for all the magazines and the newspapers and stuff like that, it does, it, it kind of needs to be that way. And for like the, 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 the talk show, uh, uh, guest spots and shit like that, that, it, that makes, that has to make sense. But at the same time, I think it makes sense for it to be a shorter window, one to two weeks, uh, just cause they're so fucking busy. And if they had months they would have been forced to have scaled quicker. They they would have had more time to have hired more than one person because they are <laughs> running ragged. Yeah. They are not sleeping. Uh, and even when they are sleeping, they're getting fucked by ghosts. <laughs> and, and and that's still going to take a lot out of you. And <sighs> and and because like, yeah, like they, they hire they finally hire Winston. But they, they is, at that point, <clears throat> with as busy as they were, they they could have easily made the time to find time to find more people to hire way more people than that. All right. Now that the montage is over. We finally hired Winston. This is 43 minutes into this movie. And I want to bring up all the Winston. Don't. Oh, I thought you were going to bring up how long this show's been so far. No, I'm going to bring up the Winston erasure. That is uh, well, always, yeah. always happening, which I fucking hate. Even the Blu-ray on the menu, it has a it has the Ghostbusters reflected from the Ecto-1. Winston's not in that fucking picture. Yeah. It's annoying. It is a shame. It's It sucks. It honestly, it sucks. Because Ernie Hudson's fucking good in the picture. He, yeah. He's, he's so good in this show. I like it when stuntmen uh, refer to movies as shows, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> He's so good in this show. Um, the yeah, he's he's he has some of the best fucking lines. Yep. And like, I keep thinking about like uh, the fact that Winston has like this complicated backstory that they didn't use, in which he was a bomb disposal. Like, yeah, he's a fucking bomb expert. Apparently, like um, he worked for the military and was like disposed like landmines and shit in the army. 
Christ, that's that's good shit, man. Like apparently he was an engineer, and like they don't ever talk about that. No, you know literally nothing about Winston. Yeah. Um, I like straight up. My favorite scene in the movie is the scene where him and uh, Ray are driving, uh, and they talk about Judgment Day. And um, the- I'm surprised in that scene they're not talking about the fact that Ray just got a blowjob from a ghost. <laughs> Because the deleted scene at the fort was going to be that scene. It was like, that's where they're coming back from, I believe. Oh, is okay. It's that, that deleted scene. Well. That's the trip they were on. That's how the that's how the ride started, is him talking yeah. about that. Uh, and then they eventually get to Judgment Day. Like, there's a As, lull in the conversation. Yeah. And Ray's, like, looking at the blueprints. I think uh, Ray, Ray was like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. And then, like, went to looking at the blueprints. <laughs> I'm working. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, Ray, you said it was ectoplasm. Uh, It's nothing. It's nothing. Uh, But yeah, it's my favorite scene. It's like the most like straightforwardly acted scene. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's it. And he like. He he carries that scene. Yeah, he's Ernie Hudson. Like, I remember. Have you watched Congo? He's in Congo. I have not ever seen Congo, no. Um, yeah, it's not a good movie, but like Ernie Hudson, he he's like the he's the he's the action hero in that fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And he kicks ass. Like he's so cool in that movie. And then like, yeah, Ernie Hudson, whenever he pops up in something, I'm just like, fuck yeah, it's yeah. Ernie Hudson, man. I'll fucking cheer. Oh, I love it. Like he he he's in the Twin Peaks the Return. Like he Oh, he's so good in that. Anyway. Back to the movie, as Joe Bob Briggs says. Uh, uh, yeah, Winston. Yeah, he needs more. You know. Yeah, he. He. I mean, it sucks because, like, again, if it were Eddie Murphy, he probably would have had a lot of fucking more. And if it's he true. didn't have a lot more on the page, he probably would have fucking improvised it. True. Um, but yeah, yeah, and it just like when when I think of the Ghostbusters, I think of all four of the Ghostbusters. And it just mm-hmm. sucks whenever it's being marketed or anything like that or any of the posters and stuff like that. It's just, it's the the first three, and it's, and it's, just, it's just not, it's just not true to me. Yeah. Um, but also at the same time, uh, you know, they'll say it over and over again. This is a going into business story. Uh, then they also, uh, if this is a good business, uh, if if uh, Walter Peck having them shut down the containment unit uh, unit didn't put them out of business, uh, their inability to scale would have. <laughs> welcome Cause, to cause here's welcome the, to business he, corner P- P- Peter's not wrong about the, the franchising opportunities yeah um, which you know uh, has been brought up uh, you know as a as a as a, a, a framing device for sequels and for a while and also like the original draft of the of the film was yeah I was gonna say it took yeah. place like in a world where like there are Many Ghostbuster franchises. There are many Ghostbuster other, other companies and shit like that. And it's just a common practice. So, yeah. Have we talked about the fact that Ghostbusters? No, we haven't. Ghostbusters. They had to buy the rights to use mm-hmm. the name Ghostbusters because of that fucking cartoon. Or yeah. it was a live action show in the seventies called Ghostbusters. A, yeah, it was a live action show in the seventies, and then it was an eighties cartoon with like it was just fucking weird. There was like a, there, a gorilla. Yeah. And Which this movie would have been a lot different if they had a gorilla. Ernie Hudson would have been like, "Oh, am I in Congo many years from now?" 
is this is this is this a gorilla gonna be uh, guarding some diamonds that can be used in laser guns? That is the actual plot point in Congo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Written by Michael Crichton. Yeah, I think technically the fifth employee hired as a Ghostbuster is the character you play in the video game. Yeah. And that's not till what, 1992, 93, that game takes place? Yeah. Like, even if you're not hiring more Ghostbusters, literally just hire another office manager. Like, Jimmy's staying way too late, uh, and and she is fucking pissed, as she rightfully should be, because she's working way too goddamn much. Yeah. I mean, shit, the only, I mean, you know, and she has all that pent-up sexual frustration that she... Gears towards Egon. There's a a, a draft of this script or a cut of this movie where they are straight up full on like in a relationship. Yeah. Which also like would you would think lend itself to your theory that the montage is months. Uh, Yeah. Because things get very, very emotional between them. Those two very quickly, even in the deleted scenes. So there's a deleted scene um, where. Winston's interview is a little longer. Well, it's not even the fucking interview that's long. Um, <clears throat> but his like his training. Call. Oh, is his training or no? Not even his training. It's like while he's filling out the application. Uh, uh, yeah, I remember what you're talking about now. Yeah, I remember you're talking and, about now. And and she's you know taking down the order for a, a ghost to be busted, and it's it's like a week and a half wait. Like you got to staff up, man. You got to yeah. staff up. Yeah. Well, you know, they quickly go out of business soon after this. <laughs> well, yeah, for all the reasons. Um, yeah. Yeah, the whole, I'm afraid you're going to die. That's mm-hmm. like, if somebody I'd known for two weeks has said that to me, I'm like, all right, come, come pumpy breaks, okay? There's an, uh, another deleted scene, like, just after they leave the mayor's office, where Janine gives Egon uh, her lucky coin that she got mm. from the World's Fair. Uh-huh. Uh, and he, like... I can't take this. I'm probably not going to make it back. She's like, it's fine. I got another one at home, which is very funny. That is very funny. But, uh, but yeah, just like another bit of just like, they're, they're, they're like, they were really together, you know, which like, I, again, in, in me just looking back, like I always kind of, maybe it's because I watch Ghostbusters too so much, but I always just kind of put Janine and, and, and Lewis together so much, Mm -hmm. but yeah. And, and we even talked about this. Janine and Egon in the, the, um, the real Ghostbusters episode we did for Christmas. Um, how like, it seemed like Janine and Egon were like, uh, an item. Yeah. I mean, it, it would make sense. Here's the thing. Cause it hasn't come out yet and we haven't had any more trailers so far. The, the point of time we're recording this, we've had how many trailers have we had? We had one or two. I think two. And then, the and then we've had, and then, and then yeah, the mini stay puff scene. So, um, we know that it's Egon's daughter and we know that it's Egon's grandkids. So the whole Janine thing, you know, would explain like, that's the mother, but like, you know, obviously since Ghostbusters two ended, Egon found love somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, that's, that's actually part. One of the main reasons why I love, you know, I'm excited about this new movie is that we get more Egon backstory. Like, you know, what's what, what, you know, between the second movie and his death, ultimately, like what happened in Egon's life. I just like Egon. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh man. Um, Where dude, we I at? might be skipping ahead a little bit here, but my next man. note is. Oh, I was going to say, this movie moves quickly. That's my next note, and that's a big Twinkie right after that. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I kind of really jumped ahead in my notes here, uh, because I, I the, the next thing I wanted to see was, you know, uh, Tully, he he described all of the activities that were going to be happening at, at, the, at his party to Dana when she was coming home from aerobics, and the last thing he said was there's going to be breakdancing. <laughs> and then later on, we get to see who the the patrons of this party are. And boy, would I have loved to have seen that lot breakdancing. All right. I'm going to tell you something. Ted and Annette Fleming mm-hmm. make me laugh every <laughs> time I watch this movie. It's like he makes the Ted and Annette Fleming the most famous people in the world. He's like Ted and Annette Fleming. He uh, he owns a carpet cleaning and receivership, and <laughs> she is living off of something like a stipend or something that she got from pr- two years previous. So they're okay. <clears throat> it is, and it and like they they his, their introduction makes me laugh. Yep. And then I laugh again when their name pops up in the credits at the end as <laughs> Ted Fleming and then Annette Fleming, like they get full name credit it is so fucking funny yeah uh, man i'll tell you what one okay uh moranis shines in that <sighs> scene just he's absolutely like turned it up he's throwing a fucking hundred on the gun uh his uh i'm gonna t- <laughs> look out for this as he uh takes their coats to his bedroom mm-hmm. <clears throat> of course lewis has his diploma and then his graduation photo on the wall but underneath that is a gold uh, like a bronze bust of john f kennedy I have not. I gotta go back and look at that. <laughs> That's excellent. I, I was just about to say, man. I think I would love to have Lewis Tully as my accountant. Yes, Lewis Tully, CPA. I think he would do such a great job for me. I mean, he uh, he knows how to save money. Like he knows a guy in Nova Scotia, Canada, brings him. <laughs> yeah. He brings him the, the, the smoked salmon for, for fourteen ninety two or whatever the shit. Well normally twenty four ninety nine. What is normally is fifty or something like 24. that. Twenty four ninety nine. he's getting some deals. He's great. I mean I yeah, I am a fucking bargain hunter, man. I love it. Um, you know, the whole Lewis? party's just got him tax write off. It's great. That's why I didn't invite any friends. Yeah, that's why you didn't invite any friends. I love it. His uh, his party attire makes me laugh. He has these these Velvet jackets that he wears that come up to his like mm-hmm. all the way up to his neck that zip all the way up. Mm-hmm. He that's the sec he has a blue one uh, like a uh, like a powder blue one that he has this orange one that he wears with a powder blue striped shirt over that. It is just his he, him everything about him, yeah. and to but, think that that was written for John Candy. Whoa, that's where you dropped that on me. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, and John Candy didn't do it because he wanted to play it with a German accent and he wanted two large Dobermans. And they were like, no, John. <laughs> that's. See, that's something I also love is the <laughs> subtle art of. Of never having to turn anything down like you didn't say no to them. Yeah. You know, like you're not the asshole technically. 
Yeah, but um, but like, like yeah, yeah. Uh, the storyboards for the movie, like the chase where Louis running, Lewis is running to, um, Tavern on the Green. All mm-hmm. the storyboards, it's there's John Candy. Hmm. Lewis is drawn man. as John Candy because they were gonna get John Candy to play him. Man, that's I I I mean, I think it's still just as like I it's similar vibe, you know. Yeah, I think it's it's. I, well, I think, John. I John think, Candy's more like a more of a presence. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he, John Candy could have been a Ghostbuster. I think. Sure. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, having it be Rick Moranis, I think it's a little more endearing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I think, man, he really like for for such a what could have been just like a nothing role, you know, like yeah. He really just brings so, so, so many like quirks and 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 specificities to it. Yeah, he's so good in it. And mm-hmm. um, what do I have? Yeah, bust of JFK. Uh, let's talk about the the attack with Dana, which that effect. I love the effect of the claws in the door. On the door, yeah. Um, another effect that's later brought back. Uh, actually, the same year in A Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger is mm. like over the bed where that's coming out. That's I've always loved that effect, and I've always wanted like in scripts I write, try to find a way to do that effect into something. They did that effect in the uh, Ghostbusters uh, house at Halloween Horror Nights, <clears throat> and I I lost my mind when I saw that. I'm like, they, so, they did the thing. They that's so the cool. Thing. It's 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 so cool because all they did all they did was just take muslin and paint it a little like a door and then yeah. stretch it. <clears throat> Pardon me. Pretty cool effect. Um, Vinkman's data tire. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <clears throat> He's wearing basically what he wore when he went to examine her apartment, which is a blazer with a plaid shirt with a sweater vest. <clears throat> You know, uh, one suit does the trick, you know, does that works for everything. I think all he did was change shirts. Uh, it's so Pretty good. Much. Yeah. Okay. And then we, this is after Lewis gets attacked, of course, which the whole, yeah, the whole data, the arm, armchair, literally, um, that part is very fun. And then. The carriage driver. I want to talk about this guy. Oh hell yeah! I think that should have been a cameo. Yeah, from like oh, somebody sure. like Eugene Levy, John Candy, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like I mean, Joe. Fl- let's go ahead and and just map out all the cameo opportunities. To be honest, like yeah, uh, the guy at the elevator. Yes, um, that could okay. Guy at the elevator definitely should have been John Candy. Yeah, um, <clears throat> uh, horse and buggy guy. Absolutely. That horse and buggy guy, Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas, yeah. Um, <clears throat> hmm. Uh, 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 the Con Ed guy. Oh, yeah, that could have been. And and the, the cop as well, while we're at it. Like, By the way, uh, the, <laughs> I want to bring this up. There's two cops in the movie. It's police captain and police sergeant. Both are played by a guy named Joe. I thought that I was thought. funny. Uh, yeah, no, but uh, also, yeah, I, I just fucking see what you did there with the um, with the uh, uh, the horse and buggy guy making it um, Dave Thomas. Yeah, because you got fucking Rick Moranis right there. Yeah, it would have been great. You got to do it. You got to yeah. do it. 
Gotta do um, it. Uh, the... Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, Ted and Annette Fleming. Okay, no. They're perfect. Nope, they should not have been a cameo. They're <laughs> fine, perfect the way fine, they are. Fine. <laughs> um, they have no dialogue. They have no dialogue, and they have a fucking credit at the end. It's so good. I love it. Uh, then, okay, make the uh, 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 manager at the Cedric Hotel... He is uh, John Ham. Fuck it. <laughs> nah, I think that guy's perfect. I think we filled out the, all, the, all the good cameo yeah, roles. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Guy, the elevator, to... and the carriage driver. <laughs> I'm trying to squeeze some more in, just because I want to be greedy. Now, the mayor could have been a cameo. Ooh, yes. And and uh, the cardinal as well. The cardinal. Oh, you could have had, uh, what's his name? Um... The the guy from SNL, the father, what's his name? Oh, you Father Guido Sarducci. You could have had him in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just to close the loop before it even opened on Casper. Yeah, yeah. Which um, Casper? Are we covering Casper in the series? Because that's think, technically a Ghostbuster movie. I think we technically have to. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh man. Yeah, definitely the mayor. Definitely uh, the the cardinal. Although I really liked the actor that played the cardinal, I thought he just like had a really good, nice energy. Yeah, I feel like yeah, Lenny, he's so good. Yeah, especially when Vinkman says, "You will have saved the lives of millions of registered voters," and then just the grin that slaps across the face. Oh, it's so good. I yeah, I love the cardinal in that scene. Yeah. All right, I feel like we jumped ahead. Okay. So, possession scene has happened. Um, are you the gatekeeper and all that stuff? A little playful, whatever. Like, I'm, you know, uh, another take on the demon thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I say it's a funny possession scene. But then, um... <laughs> uh, boy. The, the, the day I got half of the jokes in that scene. Yeah. <clears throat> like... <laughs> Uh, it uh, sounds like there might be more, uh, there sounds like you got too many people in there already. Might be a bit crowded in there. Might be a bit crowded. Um, <clears throat> I want to bring this up. This is a question that has plagued me for years. Mm-hmm. So, Vinkman is talking to Egon on the phone. Egon yeah. has Lewis slash Vince Clortho. Um, Vinkman has, or Egon has, yeah. Yeah. Lewis slash Vince Clortho. Vinkman has Dana slash Zool. Um, Vinkman says, I'm with Zool, and I have shot her up with about 300 cc's of Thorazine, so she's not going anywhere. <laughs> where did Thorazine come from? Where the fuck did he get the Thorazine? Did he bring that with him on uh, the date? Uh, you did know? Dana. Did Dana have that in her apartment? Did he run out and get some? I don't think he went and ran out and get some. It was either he brought it with him or she had some. It's a it's a it's a tough look either way. That is that is that is the that is the one uh plot hole that this script did not solve. <laughs> I know earlier in the podcast I said this is an airtight script, but that is the one thing that it did not solve was the fact that he shot her up with 300 cc's of Thorazine. What is Thorazine? What is what is it? Is it possibly used for anything else? Let's look up what and are see some what Thorazine. Common uses of Thorazine. Thorazine uses. 
I saw you. While you do that, I also want to pose a question about how exactly uh, the dog to human to dog to human transformations exactly work. Um, You see it happen just once time, one, one time when they're at the altar and they get electrocuted from human to dog. And we see the actual bone structure change. Yeah. But how did they be like, well, how did they become, how did the dog become then the person? Um, it's, it's werewolf rules. I think. Well, then what happens to the body of the dog? It like, have you ever seen, um, it's the same. I think they, I think that's how it happens in the howling. Yes. In the howling, they rip the, when the werewolf transformation happens, the humans like rip the skin off, like rip their human skin off. And then they're werewolves. Okay. And then, but how, but what happened to those original dogs that came from the roof? Uh, they got the Thorazine. That's where the Thorazine <laughs> came from. Yeah. Um, this medication is used to treat certain mental mood disorders, such as schizophrenia, psychotic disorders, manic phase of bipolar disorder, severe behavior problems in children. So you can't use it for like achy joints, huh? But like Thorazine, <clears throat> uncontrolled muscle movements in your face. Oh, those are side effects. Yes, yeah, is weird, man. Hmm. These are side effects. Um, yeah, I don't know. 100 milligrams, 200 milligram tablets. Nausea and vomiting. These are like, what's it used for, though? I don't want side effects. I mean, yeah, okay. I thought you just read off what it's used for. All right. It's used, yeah, here we go. Here we go. This is from rxlist.com. Thorazine is a prescription medicine used to treat the symptoms of schizophrenia, psychotic disorders, nausea and vomiting, anxiety before surgery, intraoperative sedation, and tractable hiccups. Okay. <laughs> Did you say fucking hiccups? So maybe Dana gets hiccups a lot. Maybe she gets hiccups. Let's maybe say she that. Gets nervous da- before performances. You know what? You know what? I think we solved it. She gets nervous before. Yeah, that's why she's we the best one in the that's why she's the best one in her row. She's so calm. She's so calm. Oh, that is it. We did it, Rip. High five. That it, high five, everybody. Over the internet, uh, guess what? Dana has performance anxiety, and she uses Thorazine. It's a, t- it's, it's a goddamn shame that no one's going to be still listening at this point. <laughs> Dude, our longest episode of Quarter Mile to Time was two hours and 20 minutes. We're about to go over that. Yeah, well, just wait until F9, baby. Oh my god. All right. Uh <laughs> which has already come out at this point. Spoiler alert. We yeah. recording we're recording before that's out, but you know what? Uh this is coming out afterwards. Anyway, I'm not going to tell you how the sausage is made. Um Yeah, my next note is very convenient that Ray and Winston were out in the Ecto 1 considering all their gear at the firehouse is blown up. Yeah. Um subtle ways they set up Stay Puff, which by the way, this magic montage mm-hmm. is great, and yep. that is the last half of that song, and the first half of that song is very weird every time I listen to it. 
Because it's like, I believe it's magic. That's how it goes. And then like, and then it goes, and then hard stop into the, you know, what we listen to in the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a great montage. Um, and that they, they do kind of like rehash into, uh, which we'll get to. Um, <clears throat> but uh, uh, so that's happening. They get arrested. There's the great scene. Uh, in the holding cell, which I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have been able to bring like half the stuff that they had with them in there, such as blueprints and whatever <laughs> tube doodads were on Ray's suit. Um, yeah, I wrote for that scene. I wrote down, uh, this movie has the best extras. Oh yeah. They just look like real people. That's all it is. Like Here, movies now. Here's huh? a here's a, a a cameo that actually fucking did happen, even though it was before it was even a cameo. Reginald Bell Johnson. I have a theory about this. Reginald Bell Johnson's cop character later mm-hmm. moved to Los Angeles of and course. was a first responder in the Nakatomi Plaza robbery incident. Yep. And then he settled down in Chicago short shortly after that. Which means that in family matters, g- ghosts and Ghostbusters. Uh, as well as John McClane all, all exist. Yes. Yeah. Which. Um, of course, uh, Sergeant Al Powell, jail guard, and um, I'm blanking on his name from Family Matters. What was his name in Family Matters? Maybe. Okay, this is what my theory is. Al Powell was targeted by terrorists, a.k.a. robbers, and he had to go into witness protection, but he still wanted to be a cop. So he settled down. With his wife Harriet, the Winslow, break- yeah, Carl Winslow. That's it. <clears throat> you got too many Urkels in your team. That's why you're Winslow. That's how I need to remember that from now on. <laughs> oh man, when was uh, the last time somebody made a Watch the Throne reference? Just just now. Yep, that was it. Um, what was my next note? I keep thinking, what if the Safties directed a Ghostbusters movie? That'd be too stressful. I think I because I kept seeing the uh, I kept seeing all the extras and whatnot, and like I was watching this movie, like I have not seen extras that look like this, like actual New York people. Next until Uncut Gems, yeah. Um, and now I just want NBA cameos in a fucking Ghostbusters movie. Oh man, <clears throat> well. Why would you show me the containment unit if you won't if I can't have the ghosts inside it? <laughs> oh, uh, we're, we're gonna put that into our horny Ghostbuster script. <laughs> um, <clears throat> here's here's what it is <clears throat> that uh, uh, that jeweler showroom is is haunted now, is what it is. That's the that's the uh, uh, jeweler they're at in Ghostbusters too. Oh my god! In so that Ghost montage. Bu- so uncut gems technically takes place. Uh, I know in the movie it says 2012, but it takes yeah. place in 1989. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah uh, the uh, so be good for goodness' sake. Whoa, Whoa! Somebody's coming. We have to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're supposed to continue on with the song. Somebody's coming. Uh, you never studied. Um, yeah, got, you got a great and entertaining exposition dump, uh, like give the assist to all the extras for making that like an engaging scene to listen to that, um, exposition dump scenes usually suck 
but this one's very good. Yeah. Well, it also helps that like the the history behind and and all that stuff is like pretty intri- intriguing as well. Like yeah. it's basically making up a bunch of, of uh, I got the hiccups. Can I get some Thorazine? Sure. Um, <laughs> oh, Dana Dana took it all. I'm sorry. Oh, damn. Um I mean, they're just basically it's got to be super fucking fun to make up a bunch of Sumerian lore basically. Yeah, something that um cuz I'm a student of screenwriting and I love love hearing stories about the craft and Jordan Peele talked about whenever he was writing uh, get out, he would run into a rope whenever he would run into a roadblock. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, I'm doing this. He's like, I'm at a roadblock right now, but I got to make up an entire secret society. You know? So he, he shifts his gear to the secret society of people, who, you know, have, you know, the whole surgery and all that stuff and all that crap in the movie and just start building that. He starts, he out. starts building that up. And then once he's back, you know, on his, his blockage is done. Rodgers block. He goes back, he goes back to writing the script after, you know, working on that world building. So like it's helpful and cool to, I fucking love world building so much. Yeah. And like, um, I hate it when people do it too much, but when you do it, like they do in Get Out, like they do in Ghostbusters. It's, like they do in Ghostbusters too. Oh, it's so good. Oh yeah, Vigo the Carpathian. Like that shit is so good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Then they get brought to the mayor's office. Uh, we, which we went over that scene. Um. The, yes, it's true. <laughs> this man has no dick. The Ew. walls in the fifty third precinct are bleeding. The walls in the fifty third precinct are bleeding. bleeding. Um. Everybody. I've seen every form of combustion known to man, but this beats the hell out of me. <laughs> I've seen shit that'll turn you white. I love that cut when he says that to that one guy who like looks away. Oh, fuck. <laughs> he, he, fuck. Winston says like, I've only been with these guys for a few weeks or something. I want to say, yeah. I want to say, fuck. See, we're, we're, we're putting it. Oh boy. If we could, we get, as we make as much progress with the fast and furious timeline. We can crack this nut. Yeah. <clears throat> But you know what? That's for another episode. <laughs> no. Oh man. Yeah, I feel like this movie takes place over months and months. Anyway, they're just shitty businessmen. That's why they go out of business and don't hire anybody. You know, no, they, that's not. They go out of business because they fucking blew up out the goddamn city. <sighs> anyway. Because they conjured a hundred foot marshmallow man. Um. What did I write? Oh, I've already. Where am I at? Oh, the uh, saving the day, driving to the. I was saving gonna say knocking that day. Oh, so saving good. Saving the day. get the wild Uh, so good. I feel like we were just listening to the MP3. Uh, <laughs> that's so good. Come on, let's run some red lights and then military escort. Yeah, that's a good hard cut. What do you need from me? And then it cuts to a bunch of military people running on yeah. foot. So good. And then there is a little bit outside the building in which you think they're dead, but they're not dead. Man, and then I fucking love that little earthquake before yeah. they go into the building. Like, mm-hmm. but just visually the, the look of it, it's because it's, I, I love that you can like see the seams. I love that. It's like old Hollywood. It feels like you're watching, you know, a fucking the studio backlot tour or you're on disaster 
You're on Earthquake. That's exactly what it looks like. I love that shit. I love that you could see, like, the scratches from the hydraulics uh, uh, from from the one piece of of the street that goes up. And I love that you can kind of see, like, when it's over, like, another, like, shard of of the street just kind of, like, shake for a little bit after it stops. Like, how how gently the cop car, like, goes in uh, uh, to the ground and goes, and just, I love that it, it the siren was not on, but the fact that it made that little that dying is <laughs> so funny. I love I just love that you can yeah, you could see the seams and then you could see just like that's how it you made the fucking magic and you just went with it. And I just it's it's so fucking charming to me now. Yeah, it's <clears throat> I love it. Uh something I want to note is that you didn't notice this on the DVD or the VHS, but it's once you hit HD, baby, you could see that shit full stream, pun intended. But the uh, all the special effects that you see, like the gargoyles at the beginning of the movie of the terror dogs, and then Stay Puffed, it looks like everything is like if you put it in After Effects, it's set to like eighty four percent opacity. Like you can kind of see through all the special effects. Mm, yeah, I like go. Th- like the terror, like the statues, especially at the beginning when you see first see Dana get out of the taxi cab, you can definitely see right through it. And then when Stay Puff is walking down the street, like steps on the church, mm-hmm. you can definitely see through oh, yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can also see uh, the building because uh, they had a matte painting. You can see the building wiggle a little bit. I noticed this past rewatch. I'm Winston Zedmore, Your Honor. I've only been with the company for a couple of weeks, so at least two. Yeah. Huh. Now, mind you, Winston gets hired after the montage. Mm-hmm. So, okay, okay, okay. But this is the next night after... Uh, This is the day after the party. So, I'm thinking it's at least a month. All right, so Lewis... Yeah, I think that's possible. I plan, I plan a party a month in advance... Yeah. That's fine. But I still think it's funny that Lewis spent months and months talking about this party. Which, that's funny to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> also, later on, uh, Winston says uh, when they decide to cross the streams, um, <clears throat> uh, this job is definitely not worth eleven uh, five a year. Damn. Yeah. I mean, granted, 19. All right. Hold on. Let me look up. How much that was in 1984. Let's look at the good old inflation calculator. Make sure you use the West Egg one. That's the one I use. That inflation calculator. I have that as a I favorite of that on my phone. Because I watch a lot of old movies in which they rob banks. And I'm like, they specifically, California Split, they don't rob a bank of that movie. But it's a gambling movie. And George Siegel wins like 200 something thousand dollars. And in the movie, I did the calculation, and back then, that's equal to $800,000. So, pretty cool. California Split. It's on the Criterion channel right now, but you know what? When it comes out, it probably won't be. Oh, no. Oh, How much no. is it worth? Uh, <laughs> uh, what cost $11,500 in 1984 mm-hmm. would cost in 2020... Twenty nine thousand forty five dollars and ten cents in twenty twenty. That Holy is, shit. that's bad. That's that is. Um, <laughs> no, that doesn't track at all. Now there's there's your plot hole right there. How much you're fucking paying somebody to do that work? Yeah, that's 
pretty bad. Wow. Welcome aboard. <laughs> if there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe anything you want me to. Oh, man. And to think, Winston was a veteran. And then... <laughs> Christ almighty, man. Taking advantage of the vets. Um. All right, so... Where are we at? I think we're in the teens. All right, well, let me know when we get the 20. I'm going to throw up. That's a good, that's a good character. That's a little good moment. Which, which, I mean, suck it up, Peter. Like, uh, Dana lives on 22. Like, two more floors. Yeah. Quit, the, quit, uh, quit your belly aching. The part that when it, whenever they go to the, uh, go into the apartment and the, like, the door falls and they had that random shot of them in the hallway. Mm-hmm. There's a big wheel on the shot, and I'm yeah. all. Uh, could that be a reference to The Shining? Probably not. Because the Shining, the Shining was not a big hit when it first came out. It, of course, achieved classic status like later on. Yeah, because it was famously panned back in the day. Uh, but you know what? If it is, then I'll also go ahead and say that the architecture is also a reference to the sh- like the precision of the architecture is a reference to The Shining, and how uh, uh, off the architecture was in The Shining. How about Art that? Art Deco, I'll very that nice. Well, and also how like there were rooms with windows that couldn't have had windows, and so on and so forth. I recently watched uh, The Shining miniseries. Yeah, let that's me- right. Let me tell you, um, they tried. Steven Weber, right? Steven Weber was very good in it. I will of give course. him that. He plays a very good drunk. He was great in it. Uh, yeah. Rebecca De Mornay plays Wendy. Uh, and she does a, she does it. These, she plays a good Wendy from the book. Like Wendy is just like how she is in the book in the miniseries. The weakest link, of course, is the child who. Found out recently is a QAnon supporter. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, how much do you think they tried to get a remake of The Shining off the ground when like Haley Joel Osment was a hit? Oh, you know they tried. You know, have you seen Doctor Sleep? Not yet. I it was on something easy to watch it on recently. It was on HBO. It? it was on HBO Max. Yeah, I don't know if it's still on there. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Fucking mullet loves it. It's. It's dope. Like I, yeah. I saw, yeah, yeah. It's 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 so fucking like you're like oh a, a sequel to The Shining. Like you have no idea. Like it's so fucking good. Yeah. And the three out the three hour director's cut is even better. Yeah, that's I, I know it got like when it came out it got sort of like middling reviews or some people were like lukewarm on it. But everyone that I know that like I know knows movies fucking loves that movie. It's <clears throat> it's so good, dude. Oh, yeah, it's, it's got action sequence. It's got a fucking action. Oh, it's so good. Anyway. Hell yeah. Um, where are we at now? The Shining reference. Can't help. Big Wheel Trike. Oh, the purple lightning that shoots out of their hands. Um, mm-hmm. It cracks me up because I can do that in After Effects now. <laughs> like, that's how far technology <laughs> has come. Like, there's a preset in After Effects for lightning. And, yeah, I could easily recreate that lightning is it's it, so is funny. It for Gozer Lightning? Yeah. Oh yeah. I can I can change the color to purple. Yeah. No, no, no but that's what it's like called in After Effects is Gozer Lightning. There's a uh, that would be very funny. The um, I have an After Effects setting called Saber from Video Copilot that I've used sometimes, 
and it has a Ghostbusters preset. I think it's called like Ghostbuster or something like that. Yeah. It's like a knockoff, you know, but you know it's for Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. But the name, but it just turns everything green. And I'm just like, boo, no, sabers. It's like meant to make lightsabers. It's like, no, I need this to make the neutrino wand that, you know, proton stream. I need to make that. But that's another setting that looks like that similarly. So that is a preset. Anyway, we're diverging again. Um, a cool note that I have from watching the special features last night. So we all know that Paul Rubens was originally going to play Gozer. And another note that I had, they said that Grace Jones was going to play Gozer at one point. And that's where the line aim for the flat top apparently came from was it was going to be Grace Jones, but she was too busy being in a view to a kill at the time. So I guess... She'd rather be in James Bond than Ghostbusters. I think that was pretty cool that, like, Gozer, liter- you could have literally cast a Gozer as fucking anyone. Yeah. What's fu- what's funny is that the actress that plays Gozer is a model from, I forget which European country, but yeah. the only other thing I've seen her in, she plays the sales lady in the movie Body Double. <laughs> and she has, like, probably had, like, one line. <laughs> it's weird. And that I need to re- was... Are you a god? No, I'm a pervert trying to follow this lady who I've been spying on through a telescope. That is the plot of Body Double. Anyway, Brian De Palma. Let's see. Winston has some of the best lines. That's my next note. Yep. If someone asks you especially, if you're a god. in that stretch, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you say, yes, all right. This chick is, it's as close. I watched... As I watched this last night, every line, as soon as Gozer appears, I know every line until mm-hmm. the end of that movie. Oh, yeah. Because they're... <laughs> uh, uh, can you recite uh, uh, Ray's line when he first approaches Gozer? Gozer the Gozerian, good evening. <laughs> as a duly representative... <laughs> Of the, of the city, state, uh, of the city, the city, county, county and York. state of New York. I, I, <laughs> I ask you to cease all. Is, I used to know it back in the day, but I don't know it anymore. It's just as so soon funny. As you said that I'm like, okay, asshole. That I do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Um, From, <laughs> yeah, that's the one that I don't. Uh, yeah, know all the words to. Yeah, um, that's a fucking Dan Aykroyd line. That's the only line yep. that only Dan Aykroyd could have said that line. Cross the streams. Uh, my note is uh, roasting mar- marshmallows at Camp Wakanda. Uh, there is a, a Lake Wakanda in Illinois. That's that's an Illinois reference right there. Okay. Yeah. I didn't um, know if he said Oconda or Wakanda. No, he says Wakanda. It's just it's spelled very differently. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So here's. Here's maybe another little sticking point I have. Uh is when Gozer uh, commands and instructs them to to choose their destructor, um, and they're confused as to what that means, Vankman then gives an example of what that means. Yeah. And says, if we think J. Edgar Hoover, and J. Edgar Hoover is going to show up and and be our destructor. Technically, it should have been J. Edgar Hoover. Now, 
Which Diego Hoover? Are we talking uh, Leonardo DiCaprio from yes, the film? We're talking Diego? Leonardo DiCaprio in a or, lot of fucking shitty prosthetics. Or are we talking Martin Sheen from Judas and the Black Messiah? <laughs> oh, oh, good call, good call. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be Leo. Oh man, but yeah, you do. Yeah, that that does bother me. And also, empty your heads. Like, there's no way nobody can just stop thinking about stuff. Right. I mean, like. We're thinking all the time. Well, like through like <laughs> meditation and shit like that. Like that's the point of meditation is yeah. to think of nothing. Um, but yeah, like unless you just immediately start thinking like nothing, 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 nothing. Mm-hmm. Visualizing the word nothing. Yeah. Then then maybe maybe you know fucking like Sesame Street letters don't come out of the sky and yeah. spell nothing. You know. But like, yeah, like, is that some sort of fucking Sumerian loophole of just like, all right, just as an example, you know, all right, hold on. This one doesn't count. You can give an example. Yeah. I love that she. Why was that his fucking example? I don't know, dude. I love that. uh, She explains. That's the part that gets me. He's like, we don't we don't understand. What do you mean? Choose. She's like, ah. Humans, the uh, well, because she's a god, yeah. So, and what's a god? What's a uh, god to a ray? I don't know. Uh, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man this time legit made me laugh my ass off. It's it's very funny because as I watched as I watched this over the years, I was like, I can't, like, it never made me lose my shit laughing, like, I was like. Oh, that's funny. It's a giant marshmallow man. But like now I'm just like, okay, that's fucking funny. It's pretty fucking funny. Yeah. And it, we got a fucking kaiju that is a mascot for a marshmallow brand. That's fucking hilarious. Good stuff. It's yeah. really, it's what you want. There's a deleted scene, which it wouldn't have made sense given the way that that the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man exploded. Yeah. But there's a deleted scene where on the crowd uh on the street, uh his his sailor hat, hat yeah. yeah, just like falls falls that's off, so, which is really that's so funny. funny. That's like, so yeah, funny. It would have been burned up, but it's fucking funny. I think the only reason they didn't use that shot is because how how shitty it looks. Well, yeah. It looks because yeah, it looks bad. But like which, you know, not knocking the people who made it. It's just it, yeah. with the rest with how the rest of the effects with the movie, it didn't really work as well. Yeah. But yeah, like halfway it's, through the effects, they're like, oh, we're not going to be able to use that hat, huh? <laughs> it looks like it's made out of like cardboard. Anyway, it's, yeah. it's very fucking funny. Uh, yeah. He's a sailor. We're going to blade. Oh, it's <laughs> Is he a sailor. It's New York. Get a blade. We got a problem, <sighs> man. I, yeah. Mr. Stay Puff, that shit is so fucking funny. And he's so happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's having a, 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 a dandy of a time. He's so happy. <laughs> I almost feel bad about how upset he gets when they start shooting him. He He's so mad. So what the fuck, man? I just came here to kill you. Why, why are you <laughs> shooting me? I love how he just looks up the way he looks up at them. Like he has to use it. He can't move his head. He has to move his whole torso because he's made out of fucking marshmallow. 
That's so good. I I always man fantasized about just being just just absolutely covered in marshmallow. As as a as a as a, as a uh, chubby little child, I I would every time just really wish it were me down there. When That's I the found only point in the movie, I wish I were Walter Peck. When I found out that they put they they sold marshmallow in jars that was spreadable, I was like, oh my god, marshmallow fluff, baby. Yeah, um, wasn't it? <laughs> so fucking funny. Um, this is a part of the movie in which this is the longest they've worn the proton packs at this point in this movie. Like this is the longest they go wearing the proton packs, mm-hmm. and you can tell that there's hero packs and then there's like f- like foam or rubber packs they wear. Oh yeah, because. Especially when they get like duck or duck in their little cubby, like meeting or whatever, mm. their little huddle. Like Vinkman's proton pack hits, uh, like the concrete behind him and it bends. Yeah, and also yeah. the oscillating light on the um, what what's the part name? Cyclotron. Mm. On the cyclotron, uh, it doesn't oscillate; it just stays one color, and that's mm. how you know. It <laughs> anyway. Hey. Again, it's little things like that where it's just like the seams kind of make it more charming. Yeah, I like that. God. I'm sorry, Vinkman. I'm terrified behind rational thought. <laughs> A straight, just no fear in his voice. Just. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. When he See finally. You on the blow- other side, Ray. <sighs> it's been nice working with you, Dr. Vinkman. Yeah, the cross the streams bit very very cool. Man, I'm getting worn out talking about this movie. I love. I'm so exci- got. I was riding high. Now I'm, I I I want to fucking watch it again right after we finished. All- yeah, <laughs> I kind of do too. Um, where are we at now? Oh, when I love uh, what I love We're about at the end. it's called the end, Nick. I know what I love about when. Mr. Stapefoot finally blows up after they cross the streams and all that stuff. Um, everybody is covered with marshmallow except Vinkman. Yeah. Which I'm like, where was he to miss all that? Yeah. I mean, that, that was apparently like a little production inside joke uh, on the rest of the cast. Yeah. Which is a good joke, but like, you know, because you see three of them first and all of a sudden mm. Vinkman walks out and he's, Just- you know unscathed yeah <laughs> it's uh, like the marshmallow just tousled his hair and that's it yeah which yeah like bur- the burnt dog hair like transformation from like yeah how do they uh i, I just i it's, don't it's, it's very it's, weird i will it's admit. magic it's magic whatever uh yep somebody turn on the lights we're gonna have that little guy <laughs> uh the when they're leaving the building and like everybody goes off into the Ecto one and then Lewis walks out. I want to go with them. I want to go with them in the car. This is the way he says it. I want to go with them in the car. (laughs) That had me rolling last (laughs) night. Anybody want to interview me? Anybody want to interview me? The way he says interview. Anybody want to interview me? I'm an eyewitness. And then like FEMA runs up and like takes him away. <laughs> or whoever the hell it is. Like I want to go with them in the car. Yeah, it's like the fucking Red Cross. <laughs> Do you think Lewis immediately went into like government testing? And then he lost his, uh, he lost his CPA license. And then. Um, yeah, he wasn't able to get it renewed because he was like being, still being held for. And then. For fucking uh, uh, experiments. 
for testing the shop from the, the from the novel Stephen King novel Firestarter took him anyway <laughs> and tested on him. So and then do you he think- look. He loses his license, and then that's when he goes to night school to become a lawyer. That explains that gap. Here's here's what I want. I want a crossover because I think it's just it's natural to cross the Ghostbusters with the Men in Black. Of course, they're I mean, they're um, both owned by Sony. And then I think the case they really need to crack and work together is that of a giant man-eating plant named Audrey 2 on Skid Row. That's, mom- that's what I want. Give me, Batista meme, give me what I want. And while we're at it, since they also own the rights to that, uh, the boys from 21 and 22 Jump Street. Throw it in. Throw it in. Did you you heard about that, right? They were oh, you know, 20, yeah. 22. Oh, my God. I... I'm not a religious man, but I prayed for that to go through. Yeah. <clears throat> Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill in a Ben and Black movie would have been great. And that's, yeah, that's the end of the movie. Of course, we and got that, Slimer. Yellow also the be, yeah, that's a great way to go out. Also, just on the, the 21 Jump Street thing, I would love to see uh, Ice Cube holding a pro with a proton pack. Man, I wanted uh, the hardest... One of the hardest I've ever laughed in a movie is in 22 Jump Street. Yes, sir. When he finds yeah. out and he's getting, he's at the buffet getting food. That, that is a tour de force Oscar worthy performance from Ice Cube. The anger he has. Yes. And then the frustration of not being able to get some okra under his plate. It's so fucking funny. I, I, tears. I remember being in tears. Watching that scene. You know who I think should make a Ghostbusters movie? Lord Miller? Thousand percent. Thousand percent. I am on record as saying I would suck an actual dick to get the Lord Miller cut of Solo. Yes. Like, give it to me in my mouth. I I want that movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't, that, all that meddling and that shit. Yeah, exactly. But, but yeah. Oh, oh my God. They would. It's a no brainer. Just the, the, the marriage of like all the different genres for them to do a, a, a Ghostbusters movie. I, uh, my review of Solo when that came out was, uh, cause when I first immediately saw it, cause it's like a long time ago in the galaxy far, far away. And then the credits and that fades out. Mm-hmm. And then like, coaxium like an explanation of what coaxium is popped up mm-hmm. my immediately thought i immediately thought was this is like a movie that would play on wgn in the 90s <laughs> yeah thanks ron that's what it felt like anyway yeah that's not knocking wgn movies that used to play on there because little monsters used to play on there and yeah. we all love little monsters i love little monsters i i recently i watched solo like within the last year and it's like it's not <clears throat> bad. It's just not, you know, it's not what you want. Yeah. But yeah, Lord Miller Ghostbusters, we want it. We want it. Batista meme, give us what we want. But we haven't seen, mm-hmm. of course, we haven't seen the the fourth one yet, because we're leading no. up to that. Yeah. I say fourth one because it is the fourth Ghostbuster movie. So, yeah. Um, 
we're at the end of the movie, which means we're at the end of the episode. Uh, how do we want to rate this thing? <clears throat> um, Is it fast we, or furious? <laughs> <laughs> I give it 12 pumpkins. Um, I uh, uh, Out of 100? Talked, out of 100. We talked about this. Um, and like we did some research on this. And there's like nowhere where you can find like... <clears throat> what like how exactly the pke meter measures like what its scale is or anything like that so it's it's tough it's tough Um, oh how many streams you want to give it at one out of four i was gonna say like proton packs yeah but yeah streams also streams also works um for me uh and and yeah I'll go ahead and say this is a four-stream movie. Yeah, it's a four-streamer for me, too. <clears throat> and uh, while we're at it, let's go ahead and cross them. Yeah. So, four streams crossed. That's pretty good. That's a pretty damn good movie. There you go. Oh, man. Huh. Uh, <clears throat> so, the last question I have about this movie, um, and, and, and you kind of brought it up a little bit when... Um, you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, literally three hours ago, uh, <laughs> uh, about how like New York was fucking fed up with them shooting there. Yeah. Does this movie work in any other major metropolitan city? I think you could make a Chicago Ghostbusters movie. But but I mean specifically this Ghostbusters movie. No. I was, I was trying to find one. You want to, you want to so deep in your bones, you want to say Chicago. Yeah. Cause that's where, you know, most of these guys cut their teeth and, you know, well, the thing, second city and the thing about New York being perfect though, is that it's not as old as Chicago. Cause Chicago, I mean, but Chicago has that history where the whole fucking city burned to the ground. Exactly. So, so like, the city's technically, like, half its age, really. Yeah. But, like, but with the city burning down, like, oh, you got ghosts from that. But, yeah, um, ghosts. but yeah, like, this New York is so old, and, like, there's so much history in it. Like, case in point, Ghostbusters 2. There's abandoned subway platforms in real life in New York. Mm-hmm. So, like, excuse me, that plot point's really cool. And, you know... I just, yeah, so, God, I remember, like, Ghostbusters 2, I'm excited to talk about that, because I haven't seen it in two years. Oh, I can't wait. And, no, at this point, I haven't seen it in three years. Last time I watched it was 2019. Nope, that's two years. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, like, the thing with Ghostbusters 2 is there were just so much, that, it just basically because, like, I'm obsessed with like exploring and underground, like urban landscapes and like underground. Like that's one of the reasons why I love the last of us game so much is because, you know, go explore these urban environments that are like decaying and whatnot. I just love that kind of stuff. So that's why my imagination goes wild when I watch Ghostbusters too. So long way to say only New York could be in Ghostbusters. Here's, here's a stretch and I'm expect, I'm expecting to not, have anyone agree with me on this? Mm-hmm. I think for the bones of this movie, 
No, immediately. Because, like, one of the things that about New York that works for this movie is, like, how much they kind they're, like, they unite people, you know? Mm-hmm. At the end of the, when they're, they're heading to the, to the, uh, to the apartment, like, you have all these different walks of life, all these different religions, like, rallying behind the Ghostbusters. And you don't exactly have that, where I was just about to say. That said, I think it would be a very interesting locale for a Ghostbusters movie, London. Yeah. England. I keep... Thank you. <laughs> um, thinking about... No, London, Canada. London, Ontario. Uh, oh, well. What was I going to say? Going back to Chicago versus New York. Chicago, it's like downtown, the loop is the big towers and everything. Yeah. And then, and then it just flattens out from there. I will say this for Chicago. I think Chicago would make for a great Ghostbusters property. Based on, and this isn't this isn't just shameless because again we're three hours in, no one's fucking listening. Mm-hmm. Based solely on Lakeshore and Limbo, the uh, role playing game podcast found on the Arcade Audio Network, mm-hmm. uh, where they are basically uh, uh, paranormal private investigators, <clears throat> um, and they use very accurate uh, Chicago geography. In that movie, and and Chicago, or in that movie, in that podcast, and mm-hmm. and and twist it with Chicago lore and and all sorts of other stuff like that. Based off that alone, I think it'd be dope. I think it would fucking work like like a motherfucker, like a mug. Yeah, yeah. I, but I'm just thinking about like New York is such an urban sprawl. Mm-hmm. You know, I just love the setting. Yeah, I think Chicago, the setting of Chicago, would work too, very much so. Yeah. You know, again, lots of creepy. You got, you got between Lincoln Park and there's still like all the different neighborhoods and stuff like that. You get just different vibes with different neighborhoods and stuff, which I know is the same for New York, but mm-hmm. I think it would work. Sorry. Sue me. I mean, I could see a Ghostbusters movie in Chicago, definitely. Yeah. But not this one. I feel like a Chicago Ghostbusters movie would have to star Nick Offerman as like the chief, like the head of the Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> That's I fucking love that concept. You rig, you rig th- four proton packs together in order to make a proton bomb to kill the boogeyman. <laughs> I just want to hear uh, Nick Offerman sum up real Ghostbusters episodes. Anyway, yeah, we've been going on way too long. So I, I'm if if you're listening to this and it's not split up in the two parts, then something happened, something weird happened. Because yeah, I th- I feel like we're gonna have to split this up into two parts. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. If not three, like a fucking hour each. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Well, we had that break in the middle, so that's like a clean. Eh. Hour and a half, two hour and a half episodes. Anyway, we'll figure it out. So if you're listening to this and it's one episode, sorry. But also, thank you. Yeah. All right. Um, (laughs) Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, Next episode coming out in maybe either two weeks or a week from now. It's going to be Ghostbusters Dose. And also, if you're... Uh, want to listen to us talk about real Ghostbusters episodes? Go subscribe to the Arcade Audio Patreon at patreon.com slash arcade audio. And you can also go back and listen to our 
Fast and Furious Spy Racers episodes, and there's also a shitload of content from other arcade audio shows. That is the truth. Um, uh, for personal stuff, uh, follow me at Rich Cammy on Twitter and Instagram. On Instagram, I host. Uh, uh, oh, well, actually, follow uh, the Whackback Live on Instagram, where I there host the Whackback, uh, where I rip open packs of cards uh, every day. We raise money for great causes and organizations, and then every hundred dollars that we raise, I chew the old gum found in the old packs. Uh, Nick is a frequent guest on there, as are a bunch of other great people. <clears throat> and then also uh, uh, go check out my eBay store, Rich Cammy. Um, I'm trying to get rid of shit before I move. Although I will have moved by the time this comes out. Yeah, I looked at your. Shit? I looked at your eBay store the other day. I loved your assorted uh, Ninja Turtle figures. It gets no views. <laughs> it's a nice little selection. I just love that it's the four loose Ninja Turtles toys. Yeah, it's a wonderful little mutation selection. Uh, <laughs> you know, I got as part of another, like, a lot that I got from Goodwill and whatever. And I want to try and sell the other stuff that I don't need or want or anything like that. But, like, I don't know if fucking people need toys for their kids. Fucking buy my Ninja Turtles. Uh, that's funny. And as for me, I'm at Nick Lathan on everything. Uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, I mostly tweet about movies. Obviously, since I'm talking about a single movie podcast. Um, also, follow me on Letterboxd. My, it's NK Lathan on there because I couldn't get Nick Lathan because I deleted my old Letterboxd account and then started a new one and I couldn't get my old username back, even though it was deleted. Very stupid. But yeah, just look up Nick Lathan on Letterboxd and you'll find me on there. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah. Reach out That's to customer it. support. Reach out to customer support. Tell the listener or me? You. Nah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I don't care. It's the, it's the internet. I'm not going to do that. And um, we may or may not have had a second season of Riverside Falls out at this point. We've been talking about it. It might be out. You never know. If it's out, go back and listen to old episodes of Riverside Falls. It's on there. It's on the Arcade Audio Network. But uh, we kind of stopped doing a uh, Riverside Law because we were cops. And guess what? We're not big fans of cops anymore, even though we're doing a podcast about ghost cops. Um, anyway. They're not ghosts. They're ghost exterminators. Okay. They're more like bug guys. Yeah. You said ghosts don't have rights? Anyway, we're not going to get into that can of worms. So, yeah, this has been a two-hour-long, excuse me, three-hour-long podcast episode or two one-and-hour-and-a-halves. I'm stretching this out for comedic effect. Paranormal removal service. There you go. I love that Bill Murray's description of the Ghostbusters is they're trying to um, force smoke into a Coke bottle with a baseball bat. (laughs) That's his description of what the Ghostbusters do. Yeah, it's in the special features. All right, Rip, take us out with a quote. It's going to be a paraphrase. Where does this podcast go? It goes up. Damn. That's pretty good. <laughs> the only, only way we, the only direction to go from here from the three hour fucking podcast. Yeah, baby. All right. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.